You are listening to the Taking the Leap podcast with me, your host, Rachel G. Scott. This podcast is dedicated to inspiring you to take bold leaps of faith as we hear the powerful stories of both men and women from different industries and walks of life who obey God and took risks in exchange for heaven's rewards. As you listen, my hope is that their stories will give you the confidence you need to trust God as he leads you to your next leap. Now, let's learn a little about our next guest. Today, Rachel is speaking with Mindy. Mindy is a writer, entrepreneur, and co-founder of Flourish Writers, an online gathering place for Christian communicators to build community, find clarity, and grow in the craft of writing. Today, Mindy shares her adventurous story about while living in Africa, she ran development projects focused on adult education and entrepreneurship. She then found herself living the stay-at-home mom life when she moved back to the United States with her family, to then building a community that allows her to pour into Christian writers. This episode is chock full encouragement, business tips, and much, much more. We hope you're ready. Now, let's jump in. Welcome, Mindy. Thank you so much for joining me. It is my pleasure, Rachel. Thanks for having me here. I am thrilled to talk to your community. Yes. And listen, we're talking about writing, which is like my thing right there. It is my everything. So I cannot wait to really dive into into hear your journey through this whole process of starting Flourish Writers. But before we start, can you tell my listeners a little bit about you? Sure. So I am a wife to a professor at the University of Florida. I'm a mom of four boys. Our first child was born in South Africa, where we spent 11 happy years studying and working. And I worked for a nonprofit. I birthed babies all over the place in tubs. I have home water births. That's my crazy thing. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yes. People are like, ooh, that, that sounds a little risky. Well, midwives are amazing. Midwives are amazing. Yes. They do their <laughs> job well. <laughs> yes. So I studied at the University of Florida. I did a master's at the University of KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa in organizational and management leadership systems. So I have always loved communication. I have always loved just connecting cultures, languages, people, and A lot of the work that I have done through the years in various capacities in adult basic education, training, managing a nonprofit, creating my own consulting company, and then finally creating Flourish Writers has been a journey that I can't wait to share with your readers, listeners. I love it. Listen, readers, listeners, all the same. (laughs) We're writers. So, I mean, we are. (laughs) Pick a name. So, okay. So, South Africa. How did you get back here? Like, what was the, the process of where you on, were you doing missions? Or did you say, no, you went there for college, right? Yeah. After I got married at the NMI bachelor's, my husband had just finished his master's and we just wanted to go somewhere and do something. We wanted an adventure. So we applied to all kinds of things, the Peace Corps, Mennonite Central Committee, and he applied for a Fulbright scholarship. And we were like, whatever we get first, we'll take because beggars can't be choosers. You know, our little <laughs> Our little baby resume was very tiny. (laughs) So the first thing we got back was his Fulbright. And I was elated, but I was also disappointed because the other applications that we had made included something that I was going to do, but this one was just for him. And so I basically tagged along in my passport was stamped to a company husband only, meaning she can't work. 
she can't earn an income. She can't do anything. I was like, for my little young, like 20 something self, that was just a blow in the gut. I was like, a company husband only, what do they mean? But it turned out to be such a blessing. You know, God knows he knows what we need. And you know what that gave me the freedom to do, Rachel? It allowed me to get involved in life where I didn't have to be paid. I got involved in not-for-profits. I worked with African Enterprise and Project Gateway. And I was a young little linguist and English major. So I helped people with their second language acquisition programs, helping to teach people English whose first language was Zulu or Afrikaans. So what a thrill. You know what I love about that is that it sounds like what God was teaching you was how to serve. Like he just gave you this season of you're going to learn how to serve, which we know makes a lot of sense now, right? But this season of just knowing how to serve other people. Wow. That's beautiful. Oh, and what good insight, Rachel, because you're exactly right. And that is not my natural bent. But the older I've got, the more years I've lived on this planet, the more joy I find in service. But my little young self was all about people acknowledging how awesome I was. <laughs> right, <laughs> I needed I mean, to get over that. <laughs> I love that. In the 20s, I think that's kind of what it's about. Me, me, me. Do you see me? Look at me. (laughs) And then life happens. You're like, let me try to learn how to serve other people. Okay. So you're there with your husband. And then. um, Oh, yeah. This work. Golly, we're working our way to. I'm telling you, we're working our way through. (laughs) This story's really taken on a life of its own. (laughs) And so I'm there with my husband. We fell in love with South Africa. And so he organized his. PhD research to be in South Africa so that we could continue to stay. And I got involved in a not-for-profit, helped them to get some funding. Then I did get a work permit. So I was able to, to earn an income there. And we stayed for 11 years. And that's when I decided to do my master's program there. That was super, super fun. You know, to be the only American in a place, it taught me such a lot. It helped me to get in touch with a lot of assumptions that I had just about the way life works, about how relationships work. I mean, talk about pulling the rug out from under your feet. Africa can do that to you. It's in the most gorgeous, powerful, brilliant, and and a difficult way. Yeah. My husband and I, we have a really dear friend of ours that's in Africa. And so I'm always talking to him and we're always like asking questions. And it really does. Like, his conversations really helped to give a new perspective. And we talk to them probably every day. Thankful for WhatsApp because you can do that. I mean, we have some deep conversations that you just can't have with just Americans, honestly. Like you really get to go deep and learn different things culturally and things like that. I love it. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's what beautiful. a gift. Yeah. And so you had your baby there. And then what caused you all to transition back to the States? So after that many years there, we really were very integrated into life and culture. But there comes a time, especially when you start having your babies, that you have to decide, are we going to raise our family as a South African family? Or are we going to go back to the States and just be in your family, quite frankly? And so we prayed a lot about that because we really could see it 50-50. We could see a, a future that we felt very aspiring to and blessed in being there or being back here. And we just really felt the Lord saying that was an amazing season. And I'm ready for you to have another season being near family again, and being able to bring back what you gained 
that essence, that aroma of what you've become, I want to send that back to the United States. So go on home, honey. Right. I love it. So is your family originally from Florida or is that just where you all decided to land? My husband and I were both raised in Florida. His family is still here. I don't have any family here anymore, but they're all through the Southeast. So it's a fairly uh, geographically central position for us to be. Awesome. Okay. And when you came back, did you start working or what kind of, what career move did you make at that point? That was a very interesting season, (laughs) Rachel, because I had a hard time leaving. In South Africa, I had a consulting business that I had, so after I worked, I worked at the, I helped to build up the non-geo for for five years. And then I worked in, uh, I created my own consulting company for another five years. And that was going amazing. I had one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Selena Sitole. She was my grandma for my baby. I had my office at home. So I kind of had it all, Rachel. Right. I had my baby. I had my business. I, I had support. I was doing this meaningful, meaningful work, helping entrepreneurs to set up their businesses and get funding. And it was everything I could have ever hoped. And so coming back to the US, I was pregnant with my second baby. We moved to Vicksburg, Mississippi. Nothing against Vicksburg, but holy moly, it was a, <laughs> it was a culture, culture shock there. <laughs> and I was leaving behind my life and the Lord called me into a season of sewing into motherhood. Oh, God have mercy. So it's like the most beautiful thing and the hardest thing, because you know what I learned there? So I learned service in South Africa and in Mississippi in having that second baby and being home with my little two-year-old and my little newborn, I learned to be in hiding. Nobody knew what I was doing. I didn't have anyone to tell me how amazing I was. Children hug you and love you, but it's not the same kind of praise (laughs) that you get from other people. I became a servant at a whole new level. And that, oh my word, that was really, it broke a lot of the pride in me and the performance need in me. And to be honest, Rachel, those years, I believe very much set me up for what I'm doing now, because I can do what I do now without it being tainted by pride and self-promotion. Wow. But that, that that was a tough road. The Lord allowed me to do a little bit of consulting work, just tiny projects. I actually did a super fun project with my husband. I helped him write a chapter of a book and a couple articles, and we went and presented in Iceland and Greece together. Wow. So like there were these little fun, like sweet, sweet gifts from the <laughs> Lord. <laughs> like, okay, honey, I'm taking you down low, but I'm also going to give you these just unexpected experiences. I had never expected to work with my husband. He's a biological engineer. I know I'm a soft systems person. He's a hard systems person, right. but he came to me and said, honey, I realize that I'm developing these tools, they're engineering tools, but I'm working with teams. And when I give them the results, they don't know how to make decisions with those results. Could you help me develop a participative methodology to take the technical results of the study and help the participants to make good decisions? I was like, oh, yeah, I got that. That's exactly what I 
did in my master's. So that was such a sweet gift to be yes. able to do that in that time. You know, I honestly love your transparency about the season of motherhood because no one says it. No one says like, it was kind of like hard, oh my not God. easy. And it brought me low and humbled me. And no one, it's almost like we're not allowed to, but we need that because then we can feel, I don't even want to say normal, but we can feel affirmed in our emotions as we're processing through, because here you are, you know, you have these degrees, you've had these wonderful experiences. And then God says, all right, come on, be a mother. Like, yeah, hold on. Wait a second. This does not look how it looks on TV or Anything like that. Like, so no, there's a part of it that's just freaking boring, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> like you're there, these little, all they do, they like smear stuff on and they, they like squish stuff and they, they cry and they whine and they're never satisfied. And, and they then never you have to go things. places that you as an adult don't want to go to, no. but you have to be excited and hope you can find a person there that's pretending to be excited with you because we're both sitting here at a place that it's like this is for kids I want to do <laughs> grown people stuff you know so, I actually remember there was this particular moment when the Lord met me so I was really self-pitying Rachel like I had said yeah I was obeying and I had said yes but man alive I was sorry for myself and you know all my talent being wasted <laughs> and, you know <laughs> and so I was I was out with a friend we were on this little inlet of the Mississippi River. She had a little rowboat. She had two little kids, my kids' ages. So we're out there with these four little kids with fishing poles getting all tangled and, you know, trying to bait their hook and trying not to like poke somebody's eye out. The day was gorgeous. It was like this autumn day and it was a Thursday. And all of a sudden, it was like the Holy Spirit just hovered around and I was able to see what we were doing from like, almost like from the outside, it was so cute. It was like these moms in this rowboat with these little kids, they're all excited and like somebody hooked a fish. And it was like the Lord said, Mindy, you are fighting against a gift that I'm trying to give you. It's a Thursday. You had full, complete control over your schedule. You have nothing that I'm asking of you except to nurture these children, keep them alive and feed them. You know, like that's it. You have it so good, my girl. You don't have a care in the world. So here, please accept the gift. And truly that like my perspective changed. I woke up every morning. I was like, thank you, God, for this season. Because it's not forever, but I want to enjoy it. Enjoy all the little dirty fingers and the poop in the diaper. And I just want to enjoy it because it's fleeting. So thank God he intervenes and he gives us his perspective on our season. And I would love to say to your listeners, every single season has its joys and its challenges, but the Lord wants to highlight those joys for you. No season is forever, but one of the goals of the way that I live my life when I'm done belly aching and being sorry for myself and complaining, (laughs) one of the ways that I live my life is I want to have gratitude for the joys that the Lord is trying to give me in that season. I don't want to look back with regret and say, oh man, 
that really wasn't so bad. And I, I didn't even enjoy any of it because I wasn't present because I was so either stuck in the past or obsessed with the future. I just want to be present. Mm, that is, that's so helpful. You know, it makes me think about that quote that says, uh, what does it say? The future, don't get me messing it up right now. The past is <laughs> the past. The future is a gift or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Where it has I, something I, to do with the, the present being a gift. If it comes back to me, I'll say it later on in the podcast. You, you'll say it later on. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure it's something about the past is gone. The future is to come, but the present is a gift. Yeah, something like that. It's something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that because I was just thinking about that the other day, like this being present, the importance of being present, no matter what is going on around me, because there are these gifts sprinkled in throughout the day. And it's funny because I was having these moments where there were difficult things happening in the same day, great things were happening. So I didn't know, okay, I want to, I'm, I, I, I want to feel bad for myself, but this like awesome thing just happened. So what do I do? And I have to choose joy, right? That's a choice. So I love how in that season, God just gave you a glimpse and you decided to begin to choose joy. I'm sure not every day, but more often. And that's, oh yeah. It changed the atmosphere around me. So sure. I still had my my moments of frustration and, oh man, toddlers are ridiculous. <laughs> They're just so blooming illogical. And, you know, when you're used to being with adults, right? Like these children, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not the, I hate children lady. Cause I really, really did <laughs> love my, and I learned to enjoy their childlikeness, but that was a battle for me, Rachel. And especially when I was grumpy and self-pitying, that put me in a position where I battled to find the joy. Mm, I love that. I just love that transparency and truth. So basically you were, you have been an entrepreneur most of your adult life, right? Yeah. And I'm a child of entrepreneurs. So I think that's very much in my blood. I just watched my parents start businesses and, and sell them. And my dad was always buying and selling real estate and he was an attorney by trade, but then they moved us to Hawaii to kind of get away from it all. We lived on the beach and I guess we were modern day hippies. We were hippies in the seventies. So, so I've just always watched them be very courageous with doing unusual things. And they met the Lord in Hawaii in a dramatic way. And that then turned into a kind of reckless obedience, (laughs) but not without wisdom, but just, um, they were, they were courageous. They were brave. They showed me that if the Lord's calling you to do something, he will provide, like I have absolute confidence in God as provider. Cause I think I just experienced that from a young age, you know, we would just go do all kinds of different crazy stuff. And we always were provided for by the Lord. Wow. That's, that's beautiful. I love that. And I think that's key to being an entrepreneur is really constantly reminding yourself that God will provide. I have to do that all the time. Like God will provide. He will work this out. He sees what I need. He sees every single need. He is faithful. Just those reminders are so very important. Amen. And you know, the other side of that, if I could just add to that, Rachel is you then also have to submit your desires to him. 
because you know what he's not going to provide is stuff we really don't need. Yes. Yeah. Stuff yeah. we just think we need. And that's part of the African experience of cutting me off from just so many of those things that I thought I needed as a very privileged first world right. American girl. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no. Oh, no, sweetheart. That is not a need. <laughs> That, my friend, is a luxury, and I'm not going to provide that for you because you don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. It will. You will definitely get perspective. Perspective is key. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. So tell me, how did you start journeying into writing? Like, how did that come along? Yeah, that's such a fun, fun question. So we're working this journey towards Flourish Writers, my, my current endeavor. And I've always loved writing. My mom, both my parents are authors. And so there's just a culture of communicating through the written word in our home. My mom was an excellent editor and and writing coach for me as a, just as a child and as a youth, but I didn't really do any of my own creative writing. I tended to use those skills for the businesses or the not-for-profits that I was part of, writing grant proposals, writing reports, writing marketing materials. I wrote curriculum. I did a lot of curriculum development. And so I did a lot of honing my craft, but not in the writerly kind of writing. It was right. more utilitarian writing. And right. I was thankful that I could do it. I was good at it. And, and I did use that skill a lot through the years. But when I came back to the U.S., I got involved in just some w- women's ministry here. And I met a sweet friend, Jennifer Cokert, and we just hit it off. You know, we, we would get together for coffee. She had a little daughter about the age of my third and fourth kids. And so she would come play with the boys, you know. We just love to share our God stories. I mean, you know, that person who like you're you're back and forth, back. It's like this. All right. Oh my God. And yeah, that reminds me of that scripture. And oh my goodness. You know, last week the Lord just showed up and answered that. You're like, we're like, this is like it's electricity in the air. Right. And so we, we identify in each other as enthusiastic communicators And we were working in women's ministry together and kind of, you know, volunteering our time in a couple of different organizations. And then I was head of this homeschooling moms group and I invited her to come be a speaker. And so we just kind of cross pollinated for a while. And then one summer she said, I've been thinking about this, like a holiday series, slow down and savor the holiday season. Would you like to do it with me? And we could create, we could like write emails and create little video devotionals. And we could just invite people in and see if there's any resonance for that. And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. So we put that together and we got 30 friends and family to opt in, baby. <laughs> we had our email list. Right. And we put everything we had into that. Jenny created this pretty little branding in Canva. Yes, Canva. Canva. (laughs) This was 2016. Okay. We got people inviting other people in. I think our list grew to like 45. (laughs) And at the end of that, a few people said, what are you doing next? 
So we're like, yeah, I think we would like to do something next. So in the midst of that, we were just grappling with what the vision was. You know, what is this God? What do you have us to to create? Who is our target audience? Because you kind of have someone in mind, but you're not 100% sure who that's going to resonate with until you start putting something out there, right? Right, right. So we were just trying to figure out even our voice, like we don't have exactly identical voices. Is it blending nicely? You know, just how's that all working? And I come from a more classical writing background and Jenny's more the like modern bloggy girl kind of background. So she thought my writing was kind of stodgy (laughs) and I thought her writing was kind of (laughs) flaky. So we kind of had to work out even just our own style, our own approach, and, and constantly coming back to God, what are you saying? Because neither of us was interested in creating anything that when we get to heaven, that's going to be burnt up as wood, hay, or stubble that was of no consequence that had no eternal value, like not in a million years, are we going to waste our time with something that does not have eternal value? So we just kept seeking the Lord, practicing, trying things. And eventually it became flourish women growing in God's word. And we were all about helping our readers to dig into God. We created a nice little course called dig into God's word. And then we created like these different studies and experiences and Facebook live groups and a lot, a lot, a lot, you know, just all that we're testing out, trying out all the different things to see what resonates and what works. Eventually we wrote some Bible studies and we figured out how to get those on. Then it was create space, which became KDP and get them on Amazon and like, there, there are our names on a cover, you know, it's like this kind of surreal experience. So like, this is really working and this is really happening and people are participating and we're building a community. And we did our first little conference, online conference. And then we just kept practicing and growing until we had thousands of people on our email list. You know, like God is just so kind. Yes. And if you are serving him first, he will show you the way. I have absolute confidence, dear listener, that he will show you the way. And does that mean that we always knew what the next step was? No. But you know what? Believing that God is your provider, it gives you a courage to to just try. And you know what Jenny and I always say to each other? We're like, it's all a grand experiment. And if nothing else, we're going to get data and that data is going to be helpful for us to make future decisions. So it helps us to be courageous because maybe it's going to be a flop. It can't be a flop in every single way because we will learn. Maybe we learn what doesn't resonate with people. Is that important to learn? It sure is. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. It's all a grand experience experiment 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 yes that really gives perspective so much because it's easy to look and say what why did I do this what was the point no it was an experiment Mm -hmm. it was to find something out yep to see if my hypothesis right (laughs) 
absolutely exactly. I love we are it. all entrepreneurial scientists baby yes yes <laughs> I love it I love it and it, it makes you feel like there's no such thing as utter failure right because then cast your mind back like I adore these stories of like Sir Isaac Newton my the man was relentless yeah. and did he fail I mean Edison just think of all the great inventors Oh my, for, for years, sometimes decades, they, you know, quote, failed. Were they getting closer to the knowledge that they were seeking, to the solution that they yearned for? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that's so beautiful. So Flourish Writers is an arm of the whole umbrella. Yes. So then in the midst of doing all our writing, I like to say that we were in a a writing apprenticeship and we didn't even know it you know like we were just going to writers conferences i'm obsessed with craft books like i love to read about the craft of writing so we were just learning 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 we were in learning mode and then people started to ask god i love i love the way you do that i love the way you write your devotionals i love the way you put that study together oh my god that recent experience that you created that that was a how did you do that you know the the conference the retreat the challenge the all, just all the little things we were doing right people are like could you kind of let me behind the scenes of that like how did how did you do that so you know when you're an entrepreneur and people are asking you for things you're like hold up <laughs> <laughs> i sense an opportunity here <laughs> yes and we're like huh People keep asking us for help about the writing. And maybe we really are becoming pretty decent writers. I think we are. Do you think we are? Do you think we're becoming decent writers? I think we are. (laughs) And so we create, okay, so here is my other hot tip for all your entrepreneur listeners out there. When you have a little idea for a product, you don't know if it's going to resonate. You're not hundred percent sure you're going to have buyers. Cause that was a departure for us we, to, to, to create a little writing course. I don't know. People are asking, but how many people is that, you know, right. like, and are people going to be interested in paying for this from us? Right. Can we create a product that we can also just with our own integrity, make a promise You're going to be able to learn X, Y, Z or achieve X, Y, Z because of this product that we've created. When you have that idea, I think this might work, then create the branding and the description. You have no product. You create the concept of the product and you market that and you can sell. You can pre-sell. You don't have any pro now. This takes a little bit of guts. It does. I've done it before. <laughs> and you better be sure that you can deliver. Like we were not promising something. We knew we could deliver. It was going to be intense because then we were going to drip out each module weekly. But we ran it live. So we would drip out the module and then we would meet with the group. So like we were there, we were present. We wanted to hear all the questions. We wanted to answer those people needed to be successful. Right. So we pre-sold the concept, Rachel. We said, if we could sell 25, 
it would be worth it to us to create this product. So we put it out just to our list and we sold 125. Wow. And we were like, we were crying. <laughs> yes. Because just like it, it, it was so God, it was so much his kindness to have us happen upon this thing that had really created that there was a desire for. And you know, what was the super fun thing, Rachel, in everything that we created, we always were asking ourselves, how can we engage our readers and have them respond and do, you know, activation is a big word for us, right? We don't just want you consuming our studies and checking the box. If this, if this isn't food that goes down into your body and nourishes you and creates change in your life, then we don't want to bother. Let's not waste each other's time. Right, right. Yes. So you know what the writer's side did so naturally was it enabled us to create experiences for people where they were engaging. Mm. They were doing. And that passion that we have for seeing God's word activated in someone's life, becoming that food that they take down, it nourishes who they are. It transforms their identity in the doing. It removes the limiting labels and masks that have kept us from who we really are. Flourish Writers does that. It's phenomenal. Wow. That is, that's beautiful. And for me, the whole concept of the leap is very similar to that where I'm like, okay, I want you to get clarity, direction, and then you got to take action. That's what you're saying. Like, take action, really take this in because I felt like people were getting all this content. You know, they were consumers of content, but they weren't moving in it and trying to figure out what's the disconnect there. But I love how you put it, really them taking it in and nourishing them and really fueling them to move forward. And that's what you are providing. Yes. I love that. And that's really, that's why we created an academy because we could see that there's sort of this course accumulation culture where people just buy a bunch of courses. And you feel like if I have that course on my computer or in my learning portal or something, then I, I know that thing. No, you got to do the course and then you got to act on the course. Right. <laughs> so- So our academy was really about trying that gap that you're talking about, bridging that gap was saying, okay, come on in. Let's just do this together. We created a writer's life planning guide and planning, choosing your next step is such a big part of that. Because if you don't know what's the one or two or three things that you need to achieve today, then you get into paralysis. So true. So true. Okay, so as we get ready to wrap everything up, I would love for you to share with the listeners, what is your next leap? What do you and Jenny have planned? (laughs) Well, we've always got something planned because of this grand experiment. We're always testing and trying. And so when, when this podcast airs, we are going to be launching our nine month academy. So be on the lookout for that. And we have an amazing 
online conference coming up. We put our heart and soul into these conferences. You know, anybody who attends a Flourish Writers Conference is like, oh my word, that was like a little masters in writing. Thank you very much. Because we don't pad with any fluff. It is all super pointed, actionable content. We are very, very careful about the speakers we choose. That's why we've got Rachel Scott. Thank you. I'm so honored. (laughs) Well, we are honored too. Thank you so much for joining us because it's people like you, people on the ground who are doing the work themselves and people with a heart to share that gospel message, that actionable message with people so that they can do it. Because we are, we are generous. We want to bring people up with us. Yes. We're not out here trying to knock people off the stage. We're like, come on up, baby, because the more you shine, the more that we all shine for yes. the kingdom. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. And I am so excited. I'm excited about what you're doing. I'm excited about the conference, about the academy. Listen, you all, if you have not heard anything today, I want you to hear, go connect with Flourish Writers. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard the whole podcast, but go connect with Flourish Writers. They are, if you are called to writing, if you're even questioning it, right? It's a place for people who are like, mm, am I supposed to be writing? Because that's where I started. Is this even supposed? I think God is saying something to me about writing, but I'm not sure. You all support writers from any phase of the journey, right? Yes. We attract uh, writers at all stages of the journey, but our course, The Power of Story, is it's our little flagship course. It's the one we started Flourish Writers with. And that is such a sweet, gentle introduction to writers who want to just like dip their toe in the water and say, is this for me? Can I do this? And in that course, we help someone to write a little short, just thousand word piece of their personal story designed as a devotional. So you're sharing a truth from scripture but your story is the illustration of how God shows up with a modern day gospel in the pages of your life. And we just, we help somebody kind of break in, ease into that. Oh my, we've helped thousands of writers to write that way. You know, a lot of people with a lot of writing experience, but maybe it's kind of like me with all that technical background and all that technical writing. This is a different kind of writing right. <laughs> and, and you need somebody to guide you because it's really, it can be super intimidating. Yes, absolutely. Oh, listen, I love you all. I'm so thankful for you being on the podcast today. Can you please tell the listeners where they can find you and all these great resources? Yeah. So we are at flourishwriters.com on Facebook. We have a private community. You can ask to join the Flourish Writers community and on Instagram at Flourish Writers and Mindy Kiker. Mindy, this has been so great. Thank you again for joining me. It has been my pleasure, Rachel. You're a gem. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I hope you enjoy what you heard and you're even more encouraged to trust God with your next week. Before you go, I want to invite you to visit thefiveleaks.com to learn more about upcoming guests, get helpful resources to help you prepare to take your next leap and join the Taking the Leap membership community. And don't forget to text podcast to 216-279-7174 for weekly reminders and more personalized leap support. 
Enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, God can do more with our willingness than he could ever do with our worthiness.